This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Hi, everyone. In this video, I'm going to go through different accelerometer and activity tracker options for researchers. So if you're a researcher who needs to track physical activity and or sedentary behavior, this video should be valuable for you. We are going to look different devices from many different manufacturers and their pros and cons. And it's not like one device would be optimal device for all projects. Every project is different and there are many factors that determine what kind of device would be best fit for your project. These factors include, for example, who are your participants? Are they small kids whose wrist might be too small for a big bulky device? Or are they elderly who might not be accustomed to your smartphone or even email? Do you need to provide participants feedback only after the intervention or already during the intervention? So, for example, if you're doing a project which aims to behavior change, you possibly need to be able to give feedback right after the measurement. And there is big differences related to this between different devices. And this is actually something you might not remember to consider when focusing too much attention to specifications of the device. One important factor is also whether physical activity is main outcome variable of your study or whether you just need, for example, to exclude that changes in physical activity did not influence your results. In the latter case, you might want to just have a device that makes data collection and data analysis as easy as possible. Also, do you need accurate results related to sitting and sedentary behavior. In that case, you want to consider a Taiwan device as it is basically the only wearing position that can do posture allocation accurately. In general, wearing location is of crucial importance for any project. In my opinion, it comes down in the end to compliance and accuracy. Many studies are using wristbone devices as people have been used to wearing watches and watch-like activity tracker is really easy to just wrap around the wrist. So it's easy and compliance is usually good, but the, the data it gives is not as accurate than with some other wearing locations. Then there is Taiwan devices. For example, Influential ProPass Consortium is recommending Thai as preferred location for accelerometers as it provides more accurate results than other wearing poses. This is pretty straightforward as we are moving with our legs, not with our arms. And in sitting and standing, Thai is changing its angle, which we can detect with the Thai-worn device. Earlier, quite many studies were done using hip-worn devices, but I wouldn't really recommend that. It gives slightly better data than wrist-worn device as it is measuring more the acceleration of center of mass and are not influenced 
by movements of the arm. But hip is not as easy to wear as wrist. So if you are not going for the wrist, which is easy, I would then recommend going with the thigh as it provides the most accurate results. And we are going to go through many devices. I've been using many of the devices in different research projects myself, but I haven't used all of them. And some of them I have used several years ago. So I appreciate feedback from researchers who have been using them a lot, as you definitely some have insights that I do not have. And before going deeper into different devices and their specifications, I want to make a conflict of interest statement. In addition of being researcher and scientific podcast host, I'm also one of the founders and shareholders of Fibion Inc., which is a manufacturer of activity tracking and accelerometer device. I try to be objective, but as researchers, we know that it's basically impossible. So check the facts also yourself and let this video just be one tool helping you to choose the right tool for your project. If I get some details incorrectly, for example, due to outdated info on a manufacturer's webpage, feel free to correct me on the comment section below. Also, feel free to give your opinion in the comments, as this way we can have a fruitful discussion in the comments that can provide valuable information for researchers choosing the device for their project. So let's get to different devices and their specifications. I will be sharing my screen when doing this so you can see the web pages I'm visiting at the same time. Okay, so let's then look Active Insights. And basically Active Insights, is the website is activeinsights.com. And so they say here they have data acquisition, data analysis and study services. And then I will click technology. So they have Active Insights band and device called gene active so it is it is a band band like looks like a activity trackers and low risk cost effective effective intervention tool and then if we look at the other option which is gene active and gene active it comes with the different versions you have gene active original Gene active sleep, gene active action, and gene active wireless. And it is more like a watch-like device, looks like a normal wristwatch. And it's designed for 24-hour wear in both pre-living and clinical studies. It says that raw data output includes acceleration in three axes, physical activity intensity, and sleep-wake measurements and you can get the sample of the data from downloads and software pages and a good thing is it has open source analytics and open software development kits so if you want to do some development yourself you can do it there there's open open source it also have ambient light and temperature sensor which can give a little bit information whether a person outside 
and usually from the temperature you can see whether a person is outside or inside and maybe you can find some other uses for those sensors. So as I said it comes with the different versions and we can here click compare our technology and you can see the specifications of different different sensors. So basically all of them are exactly the same size. You can have the different color coding, blue for original, purple for sleep, green for action, and orange, yellowish, amber for wireless version. So all of them are same size. And then you have sampling frequency from 10 to 100 for original and sleep. And for action, you can choose between 100 or 1000 samples per second. So it can detect uh, faster movements when you have a higher sampling frequency. And then for the wireless, you can choose, even though that looks like a choice for a range. And maximum locking period with 10 hertz measurement is 45 days. And I assume that if you increase it to 100, it is tenfold. So it might go down to four and a half, half days then. Correct me in the comments if I made a mistake there. And then action, because it's measuring faster with 1000 hertz, 1 kilohertz, it can measure 12 hours of data. And then for the wireless data locking, it is 8 hours at 100 hertz. Usually with the wireless, it's it might come down to the battery. That is the limiting factor. Then you have basically same, you have acceleration plus minus 8G, but for action you have plus minus 16, so it can detect even very fast accelerations, which is needed for action 1, but not normally in daily life. Normal people don't really have really fast accelerations, hopefully in their daily life. And you have resolution 3.9, milli-g's and then 7.8 so basically because you have wider range you, you get the less resolution and then devices are waterproof to 10 meters the sleep one is splash proof and some differences between near skin temperature sensors all of them have light sensor rechargeable lithium polymer battery USB connectivity or communication and all the wireless have capability for wireless communication and live data streaming and then all of them come with the one year warranty and then if we look at the services they say that they also do services so they provide a range of reliable end-to-end -end study services process data from our wearable technology so basically i assume if you don't want to analyze your data yourself you can buy it as a service from them so they have data analysis service study services and activity informatics so probably you can find more info about those from the links and then if we look at the expertise and we can click publications and you have a list of publications okay if we then look actigraph 
it's been around for quite a long time. So I'm here on ActiCraft website and they have quite many devices. And actually what I wanted to mention about ActiCraft before we go forward, this is quite a new thing that in May 18, 2020, ActiCraft announced acquisition by Archimed. So ActiCraft was purchased by Archimed, which is a healthcare private, global private equity healthcare specialist Archimed. I don't know much about that company or I don't know much about how it will affect uh, ActiCraft's operations, whether it will affect at all. If somebody has better knowledge of that, please leave a comment and let us know. But I think it's good to say here that it was some changes in the company have happened. And then if we look at the ActiCraft products, so basically you have different ActiCraft monitors i will open them here in different windows so basically then you have acticraft wgtlxbt so quite a long name which is set here so it looks like this and basically the strap can be the strap is interchangeable so you can wear it in different locations so basically you can wear it on the wrist, on the hip, and on the thigh, and basically any any place you choose. And it is recording three-axis accelerometer, and it is using some digital filtering, which includes integrated wear time and ambient light sensors. Then they have the newer version, as I understand, which is called ActiCraft GT9X link and basically also in this one this interchangeable part so this part can be removed so this one is for the wrist but you have also i think at least one for the kind of belt clip we can see from the accessories page that what other things they have for this one and then they have a center point inside watch which to my understanding is the newest version and they say that it is medical grade actigraphy monitoring and it's redefined and then here we have comparison of these different ones so basically you have the center point actigraph let's say actigraph 9 with the sword and 3 and a little bit different dimensions uh, basically the same weight, 19 grams, 14 grams, 19 grams. Uh, sample rate ranging from 32 to 256 hertz, 3200 hertz, 3200 hertz for these ones. And all of them have plus minus 8G dynamic range. So you can have minus 8 and 8 accelerations. And then you also have a secondary accelerometer in the ActiCraft 9.9, which can then measure up to 16 Gs. 
usually in normal daily life you don't need that too much as people are not doing that fast accelerations actually some devices might have even just plus minus two or plus minus four and usually you detect pretty well the daily activities and it's more wider dynamic range you have less you have sensitivity in the sensor basically and we see here a difference basically the gt9x has also gyroscope magnetometer uh, also and the secondary accelerometer the gt3x and sensor point doesn't have those features and then if we look at the battery life it's 30 days 14 days and 25 days so about two weeks for the model which has more sensors and then you have the communication you have usb bluetooth le5 and usb bluetooth le yeah. water resistance one meter for 30 minutes for all the devices and only center point inside watch has been defined where a location as the wrist the other ones you can wear wrist waist ankle or tie and all of them come with the one year warranty and then if we look the compatibility so basically center point compatible all active life compatible which is the i think the most used ActiCraft software so this the new one is not compatible with the new software all of them are bluetooth smart lcd screen this one doesn't have these do have it and then you have some features there and only the version 3 has the ambient light sensor and we looked at these already so that's about the specifications i think important is that actcraft gt9x has a little bit more sensors it has a secondary accelerometer but also its battery life is shorter which might be important in some of the studies so if we then look at the softwares so basically here we have actilife software we see how it looks here it's kind of good old looking windows software with a lot of options that you can choose from you can have some different algorithms that you use for energy expenditure metabolic equivalence cut points and mvpa so you can choose which algorithm to use you can choose which kind of features you want to have and then you have different data set subject name serial number of the device and something with the validated data i'm not sure about that feature so the software looks looks like this a lot of features so you basically need to know what you are doing with the software and then they have sensor point which they say it's a cloud-based data capture and management platform and they say it's a simple setup deployment standardized error-free data real-time visibility of subject at sites and let me see it seems to have some kind of syncing with the smartphone and then you have the details of the data 
All right, and then we can look some accessories of ActiCraft, which we can find here. So basically we have the accessories here. So basically you have the inside watch wristband, $18. And I think this is something you want to pay attention. Charging dock is $125. Dollars. Um, of course, it depends how you do your measurements, how many of charging docks you need. But if you need almost as many as devices, this will increase the price of your system quite a bit. You can get $20 wall charger and $8 simple USB micro cable. So these are for the center point inside watch. So the newest, newest watch they have. And then for the ActiCraft GT9X, you can have the wrist adapter, wristband 2195, single link dock, which is for data uploading. And you can have a belt clip. So this is to measure from the waist or from the, from the hip. You can attach the device there and this goes to the belt or or trouser waistband and you can have also link wrist holster you can have belt pouch so you put it inside the pouch and through the belt uh, also wall charger elastic belt so basically you can use it to wear on the on the hip for example you could also strap it to your thigh i guess with with this one you also have an ankle strap if you want to do measurements from the ankle. And then they have Bluetooth uh, heart rate monitor from Polar. So that's that's the accessories for GT9X Link. And then we have the accessories for the WGT3XBT. So you have belt clip. Uh, you have the same elastic belt, belt pouch, and also lanyard holster. So quite many different possibilities. You can have port USB hub, which is $125. I assume this is for charging multiple devices at the same time. You can also have extension cable, woven nylon wristband for the wrist wearing position, and then the same wall charger, wear time sensor wristband, disposable wrist straps, $10 each, ankle strap, and the same Bluetooth heart rate monitor. So quite many accessories for different wearing positions. And then if we look the softwares of ActiCraft, you have the center point, uh, which is a cloud-based system. So you can actually upload the data uh, with the smartphone app and you have a cloud service where the data is you can from the based on the picture you can also use the model tree there and you can have a data hub where you need a home-based communication gateway so a bit of extra hardware to connect the devices and here's a graph which might be useful for you you have center point data hub you get the data from the device to the hub and then it 
can be transmitted to the cloud server and then with the API the research team can see the data. Not sure if the patients can actually patients or participants can see the data also can you give participant feedback through the system easily or do you need to email it from here if somebody has more knowledge you can you can leave a comment on that and this was the cloud-based software and then you also have the ActiLife software which is i assume the older one of the softwares and the software basically looks like this you have a lot of different menus and options here and for example algorithms energy expenditure metabolic equivalence cut points and mvpa you can choose which algorithm to use you have different options and then here you see the data sets you see subject number serial number of the device and then whether data is validated i'm not sure what this one means but a lot of options so you need to know which features to use and actually i had in podcast uh, alexander montoy and he said that some people who don't know this that well they might end up using for example a wrist uh, algorithm even though they have been measuring the data from the hip and then the results are not correct so you need to pay attention in in these that you will get get the right results Hi. so let's then look ActivePal or the company is called PAL Technologies so if we look at the PAL Technologies it is a thigh-worn device and basically it will classify activities to lying, sitting, standing and stepping every second of the day and basically they have many different devices different device versions and if we look here for their history so they have active power 3 which has been released in 2014 and then they have the next generation version which is called active power 4 which is released in 2018 and then they have different models and modes of ActivePal 3 and ActivePal 4 and I assume the micro one is the smaller version you can correct me in the comments if I say it wrong and then they seem to have two different versions of software so they have generation 7 and generation 8 and basically the generation 7 works with all the versions except the new ActivePal 4 version and then the 8 doesn't work anymore with the PAL connect with the later ones at all and basically here we see Google Scholar statistic of studies in how many studies ActivePal has been used throughout the years so they have been around the block for more than or almost 20 years and then the number of publications have been going up and this one goes up to 2018 and there has been almost 500 articles per year 
And then I'm looking at the different versions and want to find more information, but these seem not to be links. And I can click the software suite, which shows that you have PAL Connect, PAL Analysis, and PAL Patch. So I guess there is three different software that you need to run. And there is Active PAL Management, Data Visualization, and data processing. So the active PAL management is the PAL connect. PAL analysis is for the data visualization. And then the PAL patch is for data processing. And like we said earlier, you have different versions, version 7 and version 8. And the 7 is only for Microsoft Windows. And the 8 is for both. And I think this is important to know. Uh, when you buy ActivePal devices, you get the lifetime software license for the standard ActivePal software suite, and you can install it to any computer, and you get lifetime software updates. So I'm trying to find more information and specifications of the devices, but it seems to be a little bit challenging. I'm not sure where I need to go on the website to find information and specifications of the devices. Just hold on for a moment. I'm looking at the different links, but I just seem not to be able to find the features of the devices. So has been used in many studies. We can find out and we have a website part called Kitchen. What's cooking in the PAL kitchen? Here you will find a collection of tools and analysis visualization suggestion that sits one side of the standard Axival software suite. Slice and dice, mix it up, but not the specifications of the devices. Then we have out at about. There is events, dear boy events. Um, yes, so there has been some events but i think it's the COVID which will cancel which have cancelled most of the events at this time this time and then you have users let's see what we find in the users so we can find information of pal portal is a charging device i guess for the device and then you have pal interface so i'm assuming that this this part of the device can also download so you can have 5, 10, 11 devices in the PAL portal and you do have a certain software for it and I think it's a, it's another software, PAL Connect, PAL Analysis and, and then PAL portal so I guess you have four different softwares and you can contact support and you have a two-year warranty for the devices and you can also have a refurbishment and trade in of older devices. And then if we go to about us part of the site, we can see a three-dimensional uh, visualization of data. Looks like, like a metropoly center. And then there's a story of the founding of ActivePal. And here we have 2001, so they have been 20 years in the business. So I think now we have gone through all of these. I didn't find the 
specifications of the devices, but I think they are somewhere or you can find them in scientific articles. And then you can click request a quote to get, get the price quote. And you have here device and you can ask for different devices if you want to have refurbishment of the devices. So I didn't find all the information of ActivePal on the website and I was looking a little bit from YouTube and I found, found some videos in which I can show a little bit of features. So basically here is ActivePal 4 device, we can see it there. And then what you need for the attachment of the device. So this part is making the device waterproof. So basically it's made from the plastic glove. So many different ways to make it waterproof. This one shows one method. So you squeeze the device into one finger of, of the glove. And this one says active about three, even though it's four. And then we will look how to attach the device. So basically in this video, you put it on the upper part of the thigh. So it's about middle between the knee and the hip. And then you have medical adhesive, which in this case is 3M Tecaderm, which is very well breathing sheet and, and we not cause problems for the skin. So basically there you leave the device under the medical adhesive and then strip away the extra part from there. So basically the device was made waterproof with the, with the glove in this video. So you can use different methods to make it waterproof and then attach it on the thigh. So basically person can now shower with the device. And here we have another video again, Active Pal 4, which will show how to make it waterproof the device. So basically here you have a mini grip bag, plastic bag and you roll it around and then put it. And in this video, she's showing again that it's on the middle of the, of the thigh. So basically you have the plastic bag there and similar to 3M Tecaderm is Hypafix, which you can buy and then you put it over like, like that. So basically it's measuring the same way, whether it's against the skin or over the, over the clothes. Now she's showing the, how the device is, is staying there. And then basically removing the device, you do it in the opposite direction and you have the device in a waterproof mini grip back and then you remove the device and then download the data. All right, let's then look at activity. So another activity tracker starting with A. So basically I'm here at activity.com and they advertise open source technology. So they are actually a spin-off from a university. I think it is from Newcastle, so from Newcastle University spin-off. So they have a researcher's attitude and have created it open. So it's very good. Good if you want to be coding yourself and you get access to all parts of the data and the device. So if we look at the products, so we see here that they have 
two different versions, which is AX3 and AX6. And nicely, you have the prices there right away. So AX3 is from 109 pounds to 119 pounds. In euros, it's slightly bit more, probably you multiply it by 1.1 or 1.2. And then you have AX6, which is a little bit more expensive, but still relatively good value, uh, both of these devices. And then you have just few accessories. You can use the wristband if you want to measure from a wrist and then micro US cable. And that's basically basically it. And then if we look at the device info, so we have AX3, which is the cheaper version. It is a data locker. It features state-of-art MEMS three-axis accelerometer and flash-based onboard memory. So it's recording in the memory. And it also has a temperature sensor and they say it's ideal for collecting longitudinal movement data. And you get, seem to get the wrist wrap also in different colors, which might be sometimes make a difference in some groups, how eagerly they are wearing it. And there you can see the size of the device. So it's, it's rather small, small device. And they say here applications, not too much of information there. And here we have the specifications. So you have the dimensions, you have the weight, 11 grams. And here you see the device on, on hand. So it's, it's quite small and quite flat. And it has 512 megabyte uh, memory. Accelerometer sample rate is from 12.5 to 3200 Hz. So you can actually configure. So this is quite open. So if you have different kind of applications where you might need very high sampling frequency, then you can achieve it with this one. If you, for example, measure some movements which are really fast, sporting movements, maybe end of a racket of, a, for example, badminton racket, it moves really fast. So you need to have high sampling frequency that you can detect the movement in daily life. You don't really need that high one normally, but you have capability with this device. So battery life is 30 days. So quite average on the on the accelerometers with 12.5 hertz sampling rate. If you go to 100 hertz, it goes down to 14 days. And probably if you go to this highest one, it gets to rather slow, but usually then you're just measuring certain activities. Maybe you do something once, not, not measuring the whole days when you use a high sampling frequency. It's also a lot of data with that. So you better have big hard drive if you go with, with such a high sampling frequency. And also people usually think that higher the frequency, higher the sampling, uh, whatever, that higher would be better. But it's also, if you don't really need it, uh, it just makes things more complicated. The file sizes, the download times are bigger. So it's good to choose something that you actually need. And there's a phrase that uh, same story told thousand times is still the same story. So if the number isn't changing fast, it doesn't make any difference if you're measuring with really high frequency. And then we have the accelerometer range. 
So it's from plus minus 2, 4, 8 and 16 and you can configure that. So very normal ranges for an axillometer in this case. And for the daily measurements you usually choose 2, 4 or 8. And then if you have something with the stronger accelerations you can take the 16 for example. If you want to measure bone loading for example in drop jumps or something you want to have high accelerometer dynamic range and then you have accelerometer resolution it's up to 13 bits so this one was all for ax3 and let's see what else we have so you can get the data sheet here example data and also user guidelines so here we have the data sheet let's see so basically you have the same information as on the website and a little more specifications so it's good that they really tell what is inside the device also about the light sensor type how does it work and also about temperature sensor and you have the drawings of the device so not not much i was thinking that it would be the data export but it's more about the specifications but that's good that you can find it and then you can find user manual you can find good uh, guidelines for understanding the settings using your device looking after your device so pretty good uh, documentation of the device so you can see here how the sample rate affects the typical battery life how is the low battery life and you have also information about additional sensors so you get the nice documentation with activity device and you get a lot of lot of information you get how to how to use the device how to mount it uh, how to use data markers how does the data look so here you have xyz acceleration signal how it how it looks and you have video annotation techniques which can use you can use an open source platform uh, from a third party so and you get binary and csv file types so for engineers for people who like to twinker things uh, nice device with the good good documentation good value um, i don't see too much information about participant data report and probably you need kind of an engineer mindset to to use the device but for those people who like to control themselves build different things by themselves i think it's device and then we can check the ax6 so let's go to look the ax6 version i go to products and we have here ax6 so this one was about 50% uh, more expensive than the ax3 and the ax3 has the three axis uh, locking accelerometer and then this one has six axis locking accelerometer and this is water resistant both devices not waterproof but water resistant so let's look at the specifications of AX6. So it's a data locker capable of recording raw data from a suite of integrated sensors. It features a state-of-the-art six-axis movement sensor measuring linear acceleration and angular velocity 
at high precision. And all sensor location orientations are identical to AX3 for minimum, for maximum compatibility. So that's good thinking from the designers. And it seems that the dimensions and weight are, are the same. So same size of the device, uh, doubled memory size because you have more sensors, you will get more data. And then you have the accelerometer sample rate is from 12.5 to 1600 hertz. In the AX3, this was double. Very rarely you would need it, but if that's important for you, you might want to consider buying the AX3. And then if we look at the battery life, it's over seven days, 100 hertz. So this one is shorter than with the AX3. And that was with the accelerometer and gyro sensor. And then it is over a month with 50 hertz if you only measure in the acceleration. So depending on which sensors you use, but quite average duration, about one month at maximum, and then a little bit less if you more sensors and higher sampling frequency. And accelerometer range, same as with the AX3. And then you have a gyroscope range from 125 to 2000 and you can configure that and sensor resolution is 16 bits and then you have a little bit of explanation of technology and it also has the light and temperature sensor and here also you can get data sheet and there was more documentation in ax3 but i think most of the things are the same for example, for wearing and taking care of the device. So let's just quickly see. You have the specifications. You have more information about the battery capacity, connectivity. So good thing to note, this one doesn't have a wireless connectivity via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. So it's only data locking device. And basically then you have the same information, same technical drawings and information of certifications and disclaimer. So with activity, you have two different versions and you can use them in different locations in the body. You can use different algorithms. It doesn't really have a built-in analysis or automatic analysis of the data, but you get the three axial acceleration data, and then you can do whatever you want with it. And you can set up which sensors you use, which will affect the battery life, the operation time. So a nice device for people who consider themselves like bit of engineer type so you can set up different things you want to play with the data doesn't create like automatic data upload but a nice device uh, with the, the good value and you can just simply order them from here and get the devices and here we also see how the devices are charged so let's look at activity another device starting with a let's then look at the Fibion research device. So I'm now on Fibion.com site. I will click research site. So I will have the Fibion research site. So basically Fibion has also for other users, basically for personal trainers, physiotherapists, medical doctors, for corporate wellness, uh, for weight management so they are selling the device and providing services for those but then they also have 
the Phibian Research product which I'm introducing here. I have it open here. So Phibian is a small thigh-worn device and basically you can wear it in the front pocket of the trousers. You can use medical adhesive like with the active pal for example and Phibian also comes with the thigh strap so you have at least three different wearing options and depending on the use case you might want to use one one of them and it has been validated for sitting standing physical activity types and also energy expenditure and it provides ease to understand research reports and basically from here you can get the scientific validation studies so you can click here for the validation that's been done during simulated daily living and i think that's quite important as as many accelerometers activity trackers have been validated for example just on treadmill that you walk with certain speed you get certain accelerations, then you walk faster, you get more, and then they conclude that it measures intensity correctly and steps, for example, when you're just walking on a treadmill. That's not really how, how normal life works. We have uphills, we have stairs, we are making turns, we are walking slowly, we have different kind of steps, we are sitting on a chair, we are sitting on a sofa, we are laying down. So actually this validation study of Fibion has been done like that. So the participants were in the lab for 12 hours. They were wearing the ventilatory gas mask for 12 hours, which is, which is quite the, quite the protocol. And then they were using a direct observation. So they were comparing the Fibion results to what the participants were actually doing not like measuring with the other device but observing and then when validating the energy expenditure and different intensities light moderate and vigorous they were using the measured ventilatory gases so actually defining what is light activity to 1.5 mets measured from the gases then from 1.5 to 3 mets for the moderate intensity activity light from 1.5 to 3 3 to 6 moderate and over 6 vigorous intensity activity and they did the validation for both Fibion thigh and Fibion pocket so wearing the device in the pocket and in the thighs and you can check the study from here and and actually the results show that Fibion was valid also for different intensities of activity but also for energy expenditure in this kind of simulated daily life which is which is quite a bit of something please check out the study by yourself and see the see the results and you can also find uh, validation on the treadmill you can find testimonials from participants or from customers you can find example activity type research data, example energy expenditure research data, and participant result report. Basically, Fibion, it's a modern device. It's quite a new device. So you don't need to 
install different kind of softwares to your computer. It actually works in any browser. So you go fibion.com dash upload. And then basically from the device, you have a data file. I have here an example data file. You just track and drop it on the browser and it will see, see how much you have data there. So basically the operation time is about 30 days for the device. So you can do quite long measurement measurements with the device. So basically here we see that there's no data, few hours of data, and then the participant have been wearing the device. So we have 15 hours, 14, 17, and here the data. And on average, we have nine days. We have nine days on average of 13 hours and 21 minutes there. And for the participant report, you can choose seven days for your report. So basically now they are deselected and then you can select which days you want to include in the report. So now I have seven days selected there and then I will put my email here. And this is quite important. Don't put the participant's email as then this could be considered as a patient data or personal data but we don't want to connect the participant and the data in the cloud service for because of GDPR protocol. So I'm putting my email, I'm putting the birth year of the participant. Let's say that it was like this and the weight was, for example, 58 kilos. So I have my email and then the details of the participant and Basically, these details are only used in the energy expenditure calculations. So if you don't want to collect the data or participants don't want to give, you can just use any values and all the data will be fine, except the energy expenditure hasn't been accommodated for that person. And then you click send data. It is sending the data to Fibion cloud server which will calculate the results and you will receive an email where you have an access to the report and from the report you can also get the scientific dates. Then you have got the email about the ready Phibian report. I have opened it here. So basically the Phibian report looks like this. Now I see that there's seven days measured. I can for example click one of the days I have a 24 hour clock face here so the measurement has been started eight about eight in the morning and then we see that there's been some activity in the morning between eight and nine maybe commuting to work and then you see quite a bit of sedentary time until 6 p.m with some activity here and there then from 6 p.m to 10 30 p.m there has been more activity and we can see that the person has been sitting nine hour 47 minutes of which three hours and 19 minutes have been in long uninterrupted sitting periods meaning that the participant haven't stand up even for a few seconds during the during the sitting and then participant have been standing two hours and 42 minutes uh, doing slow walking one hour and 17 minutes 
fast walking 53 minutes so this is over 3 met line here and then one minute of high intensity activity so you have six met limit here so here is sedentary behavior three met and six met limits and you can check different days and this is basically for the participant to understand what their results are about it's really simple to get the reports to the participant so this one is an open link which nobody can guess so you can send this to the participant and they can access the report with any web browser mobile phone and tablet so really easy to share the reports with the participant and basically i think this one is the most important page of the report so here the participants say this is on average per day results so basically participants have been sitting seven hours and 19 minutes and we have kind of uh, goal levels here is that first you should be under 10 hours under eight hours and optimally maybe even under six hours and then this participant have had 3.4 long uninterrupted sitting periods and the first goal would be to be under five which this person have achieved and then after three and one and we are also measuring long uninterrupted standing periods which means that the person hasn't sit down or been walking during the standing and why we are measuring also this is because long uninterrupted standing periods are a risk factor for low back pain plantar fasciitis and maybe also for cardiovascular disease and other metabolic conditions so it's not good to stand too much either and it also affects the venous return of blood to the heart and then we have all activity here which has been several hours seven hours and nine minutes so this one includes also standing and this one is with the higher intensity and then we have moderate to vigorous intensity activity which this person has done 42 minutes per day on average then if we look at the energy expenditure report which we can find here so basically here you have resting metabolic rate in kilocalories plus the energy expenditure of sedentary behavior so for this person it has been 2132 kilocalories and then i can choose for example one of the days and then we have four and a half hours of standing which have expended 164 kilocalories we have three hours 50 minutes of slow walking which has been 508 kilocalories and then faster walking of 50 minutes which has been 52 kilocalories and then higher intensity activity which has been 67 kilocalories so we can see the differences between different days and this is important for participants to understand where do their energy expenditure come from so for example for this person it has been from the slow walking where the difference comes from if if you are doing more sports it probably comes from the sport activities but for most of the people it comes from a daily activity so for projects that aim for behavior change this is very effective tool for people to understand 
where the energy, their energy expenditure comes from, how can they influence it the most effective way in their daily life and and this helps in the weight management. Quite many people think that if they go three times per week to gym, it will make a big difference in their energy expenditure. But they usually find that the daily activity is more important. And then we have the activity balance report here. And this is basically you get negative points from uh, the whole sitting time and long uninterrupted sitting periods and then you get positive points from moderate to vigorous intensity activity and this is based on population level studies which show that uh, if you're doing moderate enough moderate to vigorous intensity activity it seems that sedentary behavior is not as unhealthy at all so we have tried to bring this knowledge from the population studies into this report so for example this participant gets some minus points from the sedentary behavior variables and then quite a bit more of positive points from moderate to vigorous intensity activities so he has 31 plus points in overall and then we can look the goal setting report so basically here we have the results of this participant and they can then use the slider to set up next goals so the sitting time is not that much for this participant but he would like to decrease it to seven hours uh, long uninterrupted sitting periods that's quite easy usually for people to reduce when they just remember so this participant wants to get to one and he wants to increase to one hour and five minutes his moderate to vigorous intensity then he will get 22 points higher Fibian points and then they can lock the results and also print it out as a goal summary for themselves so basically they will remember what did they set as the goals and they can also do action planning which is quite important in the behavior change process so you can for example define that to reduce sitting time i will read my emails standing every day in the morning i will go for a walk before lunch and you can also prepare for the possible obstacles if it's raining outside i need an umbrella in my workplace and so on so you can use this space to write down the different plans how do you plan to succeed and also you can print a report summary so the participant can access this they can have it as pdf or you can print it to them or send it via email it depends which way you prefer but there's quite many options and the written report is quite good because it gives written explanation for participants it makes it easy for them to understand easy also to understand why this data is important for them so basically usually participants are asking quite much that why do the diff uh, the results differ from my iPhone my Fitbit so we are explaining here where does the difference come from and basically it is that uh, they are measuring wrist while Fibian is actually measuring the movement of the legs so it's more accurate and then if we scroll down 
you have the activity watch and a little bit explanation what do these results mean and then you also have for example that what does sitting what does it cause in your body what kind of improvements you can get in your physiology when you change your behavior and some people might like this kind of achievement card so it's a little bit of gamification in the reports so you can print this out people can also access this with the link they have so now we have looked through the participant report and then you can access different research data from from here which we will look next all right let's look then Fibian sense motion device which is a, a really new device and has pretty nice features so i'm here in the website at uh, sense.fibian.com and what they say is more efficiency better data better research and let's look at the specifications of the device so basically it's a small device a tiny tiny device and it's a stick and play pads so basically you have a foil you tape and you you can attach it it's a tie all right what i didn't remember to mention before the smartphone app can be blank when you want for participants so it is only to upload the data but when you want to give feedback to your participants for example after the intervention period you can just release the report and they can see the data and and their activity sedentary behavior and activity in the smartphone it's a really practical way of controlling when do the participants get the feedback and i think this is something you quite often might forget that with some of the software it's it's a lot of work to do the reports i have been using one of the devices myself in my phd studies and you had to export the xyz data you had to analyze it you had to make it put it in the excel crunch the numbers get the graphs copy paste and then start sending them to the participants so this makes it really really easy for a researcher to provide the feedback for the participants and i i would like to say that in overall with the waterproof device automatic data transmission and three month three months operation time and also the remote control of the devices it is so much easier to have the data collection especially if you have a large study where you have for example 100 devices it's a lot of logistics to get the devices charge them download the data get them to the new new participants get them back what if somebody didn't wear did you get the data you need to check with this real time real time remote data you can easily check that the data is good you can easily control and you don't need to send the devices back and forth to the participant and if we look more here there is revolutionary data management as a service and also hotspot upload so it will make the work of the researcher easier and what you can pay attention that devices come pre-charged so you don't need to charge them 
you can get them send them directly to your participants or give them you don't need to plug in the devices and download the data you don't need to take care of data storage as they are stored in the cloud backups are being taken care of and also the participant feedback so there's many new innovations and unique features that will make the workflow of data collection easier and at the same time you will still have the xyz acceleration data but also data that you can right away give to the participant actually see what the sedentary behavior and activity time are and also if you are doing a behavior change intervention in which kind of the measurement results are important part so basically you can send the data to the participant so if you're doing a behavior change intervention you want to for example that the one of the effects of the measurement is that participants know better what is their sedentary behavior and physical activity levels and with that knowledge and maybe some other things they can change their behavior so you want to provide the feedback on a timely manner after the for example the first measurement and with this you can do it really easily and then later on analyze the xyz acceleration data if you need to so we went through many devices from different manufacturers hopefully you have now better understanding what kind of devices are available what kind of features these devices have and what device could be the device for your project if you have any questions related to any of the devices leave a comment and i try to do my best to help also if you have any questions related to Fibion devices, I'm glad to help. You can reach me best via email at olli at fibion.com. That is O-L-L-I at fibion.com. We can, for example, have a video call and we can together try to find a best solution for your project. So don't hesitate to contact if you have any questions. Thanks for watching. If you like the content, you might want to click the subscribe button. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.